Now, kids, I now know what my mission in life is. God chose me to make the perfect shoes. God's shoes. Thou shalt have shoes with toes stitched in. Thou shalt have socks attacheth to yon shoes. And thou shalt have a lot of other stuff that will come forthwith. It is I, I, Al Bundy, who shall shod the unwashed masses. I shall not rest until every foot sings the praises of thine shoes. Hallelujah, I say! Hallelujah! Let's rock. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Ash. That's right, the Married with Children podcast, much better than NBC's Sunday Night Lineup. My name is Al. I've been unconscious for two hours and no one called 911. <laughs> and this is Jamie. Must I be the meat in an imbecile sandwich? Hey. Oh, hey, oh, that's not Dan next to me. That's Aaron. Yep, this is Aaron, and I've seen this show. It's excellent. Yeah, man, Aaron Duncan is back. Dan couldn't make it, bro. Thanks for hopping on, man. Oh, dude, it's my pleasure, my pleasure. I uh, I was thinking the other day, I was like, man, I need to get back on the Married with Children podcast, and lo and behold, here I am. Let's remind everybody, what episodes have you graced us with? I remember the Weenie Tots episode. I remember the... Uh, the 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 gay guy dancing episode, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the and then it was called the dance show. Yeah, yeah. I, I like your your title for better, the gay guy <laughs> dancing episode with Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah, let's see. So we did that one, the Weenie Tots, and the Anna go to him episode. Ah, that's it. Yep. And I can't remember if there was one other or not. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of slipped my memory, but everybody remembers Jerry Herring's great appearance last week. Jerry filled in for Dan. Dan, listen, he drove into this river that we talked about. <laughs> he's he's blind, and he fell on the patio, and he, right now he's talking to God. <laughs> so we're trying to figure out when he could get back to the duty bar. We're not really sure, but I guarantee everyone listening right now, he will be here next week. We're going to have a, a jam-packed show. Kelly Does Hollywood is going to be huge. So never fear. Dan will be here, but it's so great to have Aaron. It's always cool to mix it up, have, have our friends as our guests, and this is going to be a cool one. So this is called God's Shoes. <laughs> Al gets a divine inspiration and feels it is his duty to manufacture and mass market God's shoes. Season 6, Episode 8, Original Air Date, November 6th, 1991. <sighs> Director Jerry Cohen, writer Ellen L. Fogel. We always liked her stuff. Nice. Special guest stars Tim Kazurinsky. As Sidney Rimhollow, <laughs> Larry Jacobson as TV host, Brad Blumenthal as Bob, 
Megan O'Hara as Lola, June Foray as Scary Mary. Uh, that was the last one. I don't know why I said it like there was one left to go. <laughs> <laughs> what was the girl's name who had the incredible body? Oh, yeah. That's who she get to even before we get there. That was Lola, right? Was that her name? Okay. Okay. I never heard them actually. I mean, I'm sure they did use her name. I just missed it, but I never heard it. But I was just like, I was kind of stunned. I mean. Yeah. As soon as like, because I kept, I was actually thinking to myself at the time. And not that we're jumping ahead here, trying to make this like a Quentin Tarantino movie where the timing's off or whatever. But I was thinking as the episode was going on, I was like, man, there's, you know, Kelly's been the only one, like the only hot chick on the episode. Then Lola came out of nowhere and I was like, oh, there she is. Just (laughs) kidding. You know? I was like, good night. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Um, She is not... A skilled actress or anything and I'm not saying that through my own judgments what I'm saying is she only did three things in her entire life or four I guess she did this episode as Lola then she comes back for Kelly does Hollywood part two as girl number one and then she does a something called double cross which I think is a movie about bikers and then she does one episode of Martin as girl number four and oddly enough Hollywood Swinging Part 2. So she was in two things that were titled Hollywood Part 2. Oh, wow. How bizarre is that? Like, What is Hollywood Swinging? What is that? (laughs) I don't know, but it sounds good. Yeah, it sounds like it could be a masterpiece. (laughs) Yeah, what did Martin do in that episode? But I love how she went from girl number one to girl number four. (laughs) Her career actually declined within two years. Or, yeah. <laughs> Dad's coming. Dad's coming. <laughs> now, don't giggle. He'll give it away. He's not supposed to know Mom commissioned a painting of herself for $2,500. <laughs> Which we all know uh, at this point is roughly $5,000. Yeah, around in the ballpark, yeah. Yeah, let's not break out that calculator. Uh, you know, we we did this enough. It's about five grand, guys. So imagine your wife comes home and tells you she spent $5,000 so somebody could paint her picture. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, that is insane. So Al comes in and delivers a classic. A fat woman came into the shoe store today. Oh, (laughs) it was so good, too. I've had a rotten day and I'm in a foul mood. A fat woman came in and said she was a size five. I shoved her hoof into a shoe. My thumb got stuck in the back of the shoe. She panicked, reared up, and galloped around the store, dragging me on the floor behind her. Thank God a stick of butter popped out of her purse. I was able to grease my way out of it. Jamie, you've been here for over a year, as we pointed out. In our Facebook group page and celebrated your one-year anniversary on this show. In all that time, you have noticed that Al doesn't really come in and do the a fat woman came into the shoe store bit yet. So this is kind of big. I think this is where they start hitting, I don't want to say marriage with children tropes, but I I guess that is what they are, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Like it's... They start hitting the fat woman's stride? It sounds yeah. like an exercise. <laughs> the fat woman's stride. <laughs> the fat woman's stride. That sounds like a 
a bad exercise. That would be like love or something. For right. You want to lose those pounds? Come in and do the fat woman's stride today. <laughs> for only forty nine ninety five. Sponsored by Jenny Craig. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that becomes a standard that was just touched upon for the first five seasons. Now that we're in season six, we're going to start getting staples. And this obviously is one. <laughs> butter pop. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank God it is butter. A stick of butter popped out of her purse. <laughs> Can't believe it didn't melt. That's what I was thinking. How is a stick of butter in her purse? What does she do? Does she wrap it in, in bacon or something and, and eat it? Like, what does she do with this butter in her purse? Maybe she just goes to restaurants and she doesn't like it when they don't have real butter, so she takes her own butter. This was also back in the time period when real butter was bad for you. Hmm. And everyone was all, you know, eat margarine, eat, I can't believe it's not butter. Right, yeah. And no one was, like, anyone who ate real butter, like, it was a, it, it had become kind of a joke. Yeah, they looked down upon them. Now, of course, we've swung back in the other direction and realized that real butter is much better for you than something that is a molecule away from being plastic. Oof. Yeah, and like maybe she carried it in her purse because she knew she was going to the shoe store and to get in like a size seven. Or <laughs> five, she always uses butter to get into the shoes. Well, this – it's funny you say that. That points back to an old joke where Al goes, yeah, all women are sevens. And it's it, the joke was women. He goes, "Lady, you're a nine, you know." So but you're a nine. Yeah, yeah. So the joke was like, all women are offended if their feet are bigger than size seven. I guess. Right. Is that th- is that a thing? Okay, good. Women don't like to admit if they have big feet for whatever because I guess and which is not it, it's kind of weird to me because there's, that's the one thing that you cannot control. Not not the one thing, but it, it, is, yeah. it is a thing that you have no control over. It doesn't say anything about you. It doesn't say anything about your lifestyle. It doesn't make you lazy. It doesn't, you know, big feet are just something you're born with. You know, I have big feet and I, oh. you know, it, it it is a thing. It's what it is. <laughs> what am I going to do? You know, I mean, I'm five foot two. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very tiny, but my dad was almost six four, so I guess I got my dad's feet. I look like one of those, you know, one of those like bendy dolls with the big hands and the big feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I, I remember WWF had those. Yep. <laughs> or like, um, or like that that Mickey Mouse doll that you see in American Werewolf in London, where he just like he just got the big giant hands and the big giant feet. That's me. I'm, I'm flopping around like a clown over here. <laughs> just just give us a number. Go ahead. Oh, man. You have to admit everything on this show. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I wear a size nine and a half, sometimes ten. ten. Sometimes ten? And yes. Yes. Wow. Five foot two? Damn it. Yeah, but... <laughs> Alex, and I'm very stable. Yeah, you're not going to fall <laughs> over. That's good. Doesn't that – isn't it smaller though? Like a, a woman's nine and a half tens like yeah. a dude's seven or something oh, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it can't be that bad. Well, no. I mean it's not like it's freakishly – I don't – I've never had anyone stop and point at me they on go, the street. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Krusty the Clown. What are you doing over and here? Like- <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> now, and I got to tell you, sometimes it's a blessing because you'll be in a shoe store and there'll be these really amazing shoes that you want, but all the size sevens are sold out. Hmm. And, you know, that's when you're like, oh, thank God if you're a five or thank God if you're like a nine, because you can usually find the shoes that you want. Wow. Yeah. I'm five foot eight and a half, and I have a size ten shoe for a guy. I think that's kind of average for a guy, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think most guys I've. I mean, I know that some guys have like fourteens and like mostly like basketball players, but um, I, most of the guys I think I've ever known have like a size ten. Yeah, I, I teeter between five eleven and six foot. And I'm about 11 and a half, I think, shoe size. So, God, I wish I was six foot. Well, like I said, I teeter, so. Hey, listen, I'll teeter totter either way. It's <laughs> better than being five, eight and a half, dude. <laughs> this whole thing reminded me of trying to shoe a horse because he says that, you know, she got spooked or I, I think he actually said she panicked or something. But I'm just picturing like trying to shoe a horse mm. and the horse gets spooked and starts galloping around. <laughs> Oh yeah, and that's like that's the whole thing I was picturing. Is she's just like freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing. These things are so good. <laughs> really good stuff. Like I love the guy whose main focus for this week is to write the fat woman in the shoe store bit. <laughs> that's just gotta be great. I wonder if it's Ellen L. Fogel. Like I wonder if do they tell Ellen and uh, Stacy Lip and all these people? Do they say, all right, guys, so we want, like, a fat woman in the shoe store bit. We want Grandmaster B bit. We want a Kelly Stupid segment here. Like, do they do that? Or do these people just have, like, a bulletin board and they just drop stars on whatever thing that they feel like doing tonight and then just write it all in? You know, I always wonder how that works. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, how often do... How do they know how many times they should implement these staples? That's that's really what I'm trying to figure out. I wonder if they got a quota per episode. Yeah, something, you know. Al goes upstairs and he sees this painting, uh, which is basically an homage to Peg. We all know, we're not going to go over and drag down this episode, but we all know Peg had a stillbirth and uh, Katie Seagal had a stillbirth, and that's... That's what's really happening here. That's why Peg's not on this episode. But I feel like this painting was sort of an homage to her. Yeah, I really like it. I think it's very kitschy and kind of cool. Like, I I like the art style. It's it's not, like, photorealistic or anything, but I think it's, I think it's fun. Right. Oh, it's fun. It's perfect for comedy, sure. It's definitely Peggy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's more, it's more realistic than say a, or you know, it's not quite a, uh, like a caricature no. kind of thing. Like it's not that far off, or like a, a political cartoon. But it kind of, it kind of leans in that political cartoon direction. You know, where things are a little bit exaggerated. Well, I, I think like a caricature exaggerates like silly features and stuff like that, like a smile or mm-hmm. this or that, a chin or a nose. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like Peggy is going to accentuate the features that Peggy thinks is beautiful. However, once again, it's the features that Peggy thinks is beautiful <laughs> that everyone else would look at and go, oh, my God, why would someone do that to their hair or wear that or this <laughs> or that? That's why it probably looks ridiculous to us in some ways, but it's fun at the same time. But to Peggy, she was, I thought it was great. Oh, yeah, it's fun. Now, Aaron, how would you feel if you came home? Now, you're not married, but... Basically... 
Yeah, but you don't you don't care about the financials at this point because you're not married, right? Uh, well, we kind of have some financial decisions together. Like, I mean, she's always like, "Are you getting another pizza?" Like with, uh, with money oh, and stuff. Get out of here! Oh, you're spending another twelve dollars? Holy crap! Yeah, I'm like, well, no, this one's a free one from the last 10 I bought <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But, um, yeah, I got 10 uh, stamps. Okay, so I imagine like a $5,000 purchase would be something you'd discuss then. Yeah, <laughs> like we would we would absolutely discuss it. What would my reaction be to that? Is that what you were, were Yeah, you were would you like of? fall out of a window or? I think I would probably fall out the window, yeah. <laughs> like, um, and you know. I would dive out of the window. Al's in double shock. One, because five thousand dollars then two at the thing of peggy i think like because it wasn't just the price of it that sent him out the window it was the fact that like you know he is mortified by the image of peggy more often than not right we just saw that in the glasses episode yeah yeah now technically al couldn't even see this picture no i'm just kidding (laughs) i'm I'm not gonna keep doing this glasses episode through the rest of our life here okay but anyway (laughs) Please do. Yeah, can you imagine if we just relate every single episode for now on to the fact that Al can't see anything? So Al falls out of the window in the backyard onto the patio. When Al falls out the window the first time, you can clearly see the dummy and it lands one way. Yet, when the camera shows the real Al, he is in a different position. I didn't notice that. I didn't either. I, I, I noticed it. Um, because I went back and was rewinding parts while I was taking notes <laughs> and all that stuff. But is it a goof or is it something like a Wilhelm scream where it's kind of like, hey, this is ridiculous? Like, because no one would see that thing and think like, wow, look at Al falling out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's kind of it's probably like, are you going to seriously take the time to make sure that Al contorts his body in the same position that the dummy happened to land? Like it's not something they're going to take time to do no i don't really think it's a goof it's just a who cares who cares you know yeah and you know side note as many times as he's as he has either dived out of the window or fallen you'd think they'd put like a mattress or something down there trampoline (laughs) yeah trampoline ends up back in the window (laughs) hey wouldn't that be funny if we saw the the shot of him falling back into his window (laughs) Daddy, like any man who just fell two stories and landed on his head, <laughs> grateful not to be with your mother. How long was I out? Two hours. Why didn't you call nine one one? I couldn't remember the number. <laughs> now this is a classic '90s joke. Where hurry up? What's the number for nine one one? Like Screech right. said that to Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell when the homeless guy passed out in the mall of the Christmas episode. Like. It's a classic joke for 90s TV. Oh, yeah. Did you all wonder, well... Bud knows the number. Could Bud <laughs> remember the number? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> like, so Bud just didn't care. Like, didn't he... You know, what was he doing for two hours? Mm-hmm. Do you know what happened when I was unconscious? Oh, yeah. Kelly opened a Coors bottle with your teeth. <laughs> Don't listen to him, Dad. It was only a soda. You had some, too. Shut up, right in front of Dad. You started. Oh, please. It doesn't matter what you did. It only matters that I actually saw God. Okay. So, 
he may not be able to sell shoes anymore, but maybe we can get him a gig going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> but I really did see him. Look, Dad, please don't tell anybody else about this because nobody is dumb enough to believe you What actually... What does God look like, Dad? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't take my eyes off his shoes. <laughs> you saw God's shoes? They were perfect, kids. Close-fitting, surrounding each toe individually, probably a soft-worked kid leather. Well, what did you say to God? I said, where'd you get those shoes? <laughs> You had one chance to talk to the eternal creator of time, space, and the infinite universe. And all you asked is where he got his shoes? Well, did you tell him your football stories? It was God, you idiot. He knows my football stories. Actually, I asked him something very important. I said, what socks did he wear with those? You know what he said? Don't need them. They're sewn in. <laughs> Zowie. Must I be the meat in an imbecile sandwich? Also, a few years ago, we had the Vibram Five Finger shoes come out, which when I was watching this episode, as soon as he described them, before we even saw them, that's immediately what I thought of. So... And then if people are familiar with those shoes, like several years ago, they came out and they're basically running shoes that have toes. And they're supposed to be like all great for your foot. You know, they fit your natural foot form and you don't wear socks with those either, but it's not because they're sewn in. It's uh, because you just don't. And I knew a guy who... Yeah, but how's that work? Because wouldn't they like smell the high heaven by... Well, they were also very ventilated. That <clears throat> those shoes are a weird concept to me, because like you know, like you said, you knew someone that ran in them. Like I run quite a bit, and I always think about like you know the great thing about a shoe is how the the curvature of the front of it, where it wraps around your foot, will protect your toe from getting stubbed. Where it's like I feel like in that thing, you're screwed. Like that thing, your toe could get bent so easily. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they all don't bend together; they bend individually now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like it seems like there's just more room for error there. Plus, I don't, you know, people have different shaped toes. Like sometimes that second toe is like way longer. Right, than the that's what one. I'm thinking. Yeah. So how would that work in a pair in like a pair of shoes where they're all kind of even? That's a good question. I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess maybe they're not for everyone. <laughs> you know, it also oh. makes me think of Cody Lundin. Do you guys know Cody? The uh, he's a used to be, I forget the name of the show he did, but it was a nature show, not a nature show, like a documentary style thing, but like a, um, like a Bear Grylls kind of thing. Um, and he used to do it with another guy and they were like polar opposites. So they'd fight all the time. And it was, um, that was the whole point of the show was that they're opposites. Anyway, Cody is like a, a nature guy and he is known for never wearing shoes. Like, he has not worn shoes in decades. And he goes hiking in the mountains and, you know, all over, you know, rocky trails and everything. And he never, ever, ever wears shoes. So he has this really thick sole, like a really thick skin on the bottom of his foot that has developed, like, calluses over the years. Oh, yeah. And um, that always made me think of that, like him running around. Like, he's got, like, hobbit feet. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) You know what's funny is, like... I'm a socks person. Like, I never take my socks off. 
Oh, me neither, dude. I don't take them off for anything. Not even sex. Same here. Same here. <laughs> like, like, yeah, absolutely. And like, I'll sleep in my socks. Like, I am. Oh, I can't stand that. I don't know how you do it. I do not. Check this out. So, when I was a kid, I had an extremely like active imagination, and so like, my parents, if I was in trouble, they'd have the hardest time grounding me because if they like just sent me to my room or something, like I would just figure out I'd like. I'd, I'd watch Empire Strikes Back in my head or something like that. Just cause, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like they had the hardest time <laughs> grounding me for that. And like, they, they'd figured out early on too, that spanking didn't bother me. Cause like they had a paddle and I realized I was like, wait a minute. After like 30 seconds, it doesn't even hurt. He anymore. starts like, enjoying it. He's like, yeah, baby, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come oh on. my God. But, um, I love it. So, so, they grounded me for like a week from wearing socks and it was the worst, most torturous thing I've ever been through in my life. Wow. Damned if whatever I was in trouble for, if I didn't learn that lesson. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So like <laughs> they grounded me from wearing socks and it was horrible. So you literally learned your lessons so that you don't have to go without socks again? Yes. Yeah. And that was the most creative punishment they probably ever had for me. That's fascinating, dude. Seriously. You know why I can't stand sleeping in socks? Is that they do that thing where they, like, they slide down your foot and then you've got, like, the sock half hanging off. And it, it annoys oh, me. I, love I can't. That. I, no, no. <laughs> I feel like awful. it was a wild night. No, I can't take that. It's terrible. Like, I'll try when it's really, because I'm in Michigan, so it gets cold. So sometimes <laughs> in the winter, I'll try to sleep with socks on just because it's so cold. And I can't do it. Like, in, I'll, I'll maybe last like 10 minutes, and I'm like, I got to take these socks on. I can't stand it. They're, they're driving me nuts. But I, I do like wearing socks on a normal basis. Maybe you just, just need not. a different kind of socks if they're just sliding off your foot like oh, that. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I just – I can't – I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so no. so they made – these these shoes that God describes, the socks are sewn into it so you can't change your socks? I mean Watch that – like, Terrible idea. Imagine the logistics of this. You have sneakers but you got to wear the same socks every day and they don't even leave the damn shoe. So that means – that whatever permeating sweat or whatever smell that you leave in that shoe, it never leaves the shoe. Like even if you took your sock out and laid it laid it anywhere, that'd be a plus. This just stays there. Would Al's sock smell worse or that sock after like a month? Right. Like think about it. The guy with the worst smelling socks that were – he was able to to not pay his tab at the restaurant – and Peg left a sock at the door, the entr- the exit way, and mm-hmm. they, they couldn't even follow these two because his sock smelled so bad, <laughs> yet he wants ones that don't ever change. Now, kids, I now know what my mission in life is. God chose me to make the perfect shoes. God's shoes. Kids, bring me pen and paper at once. <laughs> Thank you. Take this down quickly. Thou shalt have shoes with toes stitched in. Thou shalt have socks attached 
to yon shoes. And thou shalt have a lot of other stuff that will come forthwith. It is I, I, Al Bundy, who shall shod the unwashed masses. I shall not rest until every foot sings the praises of thine shoes. Hallelujah, I say! Hallelujah! On our last show, Jerry Herring, one of the original co-hosts of the Mario Children podcast, told us about a man named Joseph Callinger, K-A-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. And apparently God told him, and this is true, he he felt he had uh, access or conversations, whatever you want to say, to God and the devil himself. And God told this guy to create perfect shoes that would save the world. Now, when Jerry said this to us on the end of the last show, the tail end, because he said it after we gave the description to this show, I looked up Joseph Callinger. And guys, you don't want to do that. Uh, I He, the childhood he lived, and then what he inflicted on others because of this torture is heinous. All I found out, and, and I did find something that said Joseph Callinger Shoemaker or whatever, but as you click the links, you, I never really seemed to get to the part where whatever Jerry was talking about that he saw in the documentary. But what I did see is God told him to kill children and sever their penis from their bodies. Oh, my God. And he was very anxious to follow through with what God said. Yeah, Google him. Yeah, Google him, I guess, if you want to get... No, I don't want to. (laughs) The darker side of life. uh, And watch the documentary Jerry watched. You could hit him up on the Married with Children uh, Facebook group page to get more about this guy. Guys, I'm telling you, it's dark and a lot has happened. If you're into that kind of stuff, like the Ted Bundy tapes and all that type of thing, you might want to get into it, but it's dark. I mean, now you're speaking my language. Yeah, I know. I had a feeling you'd start typing his name in. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Joseph Callender. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jamie, it's it's wild. It's There's no joke about this. So let us understand. Your father has locked himself in his room to build God's shoes. <laughs> and Peggy? Well, sensing Dad's delicate condition, she took back the painting, kept the money, and went to the Mardi Gras. Uh, I guess when you spend 14 hours painting somebody, that they could just give it back to you, and you'll give them back their tooth. Right. That's what I was going to say. Is who? How can you return a painting that you commissioned <laughs> of yourself? I think, yeah, I think there's something weird there. <laughs> Yeah, the writers are just like, just go with it, guys. Yeah. No one's going to be reviewing this in 20 years. (laughs) Yeah, 25 years later, no one's going to wonder how you could just hand that stuff back and nobody cares. Come on, guys. we got to get this show out. Don't worry about the little details. Yeah. What losers are going to pick that apart? Come on. So, but she does that. And the joke is that she she took the money anyway and went to Mardi Gras. (laughs) <laughs> that explains her absence in this episode. So Peg now has $25,000, went to New Orleans, and is part In November? I guess. I mean, 
When does Mardi Gras? Well, it's the beginning of Lent. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, it kicks off with Fat Tuesday, and it's it's the the whole idea is the big party before Lent, before right. you have to, like, give up stuff for Lent. Right. So. Girls are giving up their boobs. <laughs> um, <laughs> for uh, pearls or whatever. Never ever in November. So <laughs> that makes that's so weird. Well, that's this isn't the only thing. technical error they made, Jamie. But you'll get into that. So that's Peg's absence. We hear nothing else, and it goes by as if you know she's not even a major cast member. So they just gloss right over that one. He's really been up there forty days and forty nights. <laughs> well, actually, forty days and thirty-nine nights. He took a break to watch Planet of the D Cups. <laughs> I can see why you would do that. Yeah, you know, there's only so much in this bank memory bank. Forty, yeah, you'd have to once. Let's type that in. <laughs> oh, well, this is going to be interesting. Of the uh, right. Let's see if anybody ever made that because this episode said that would be a great name for our. Nope, nope, nobody ever did. I can't believe a porno uh, producer and or director and or owner or whatever. Nobody who watches Married with Children was so passionate to say, let's bring to life this little joke. You know what I always thought a good porn name would be, and I don't think it's out there, or I don't know if it is, um, would be Leave it to Beaver. Wow, is that not out there? If that's not, I don't think it is. But could you imagine? That's such a great porn name, just Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> That is a great one. Behold, I hold God's shoes. But who holds dad's brain? Yea, so it cameth to be that I labored 40 days and 40 nights. Let the rains come. Thou shalt have shoe. This should do wonders for my property value. Al comes down the stairs in a blue bathrobe. A crown of uh, leaves. I was wondering, what do they call those? Remember, what, like, there's a few years ago, like, hipster chicks were wearing those a bunch on their <laughs> damn head. It is a symbol of triumph and is worn as a chaplet around the head or as a garland around the neck. The symbol of the laurel wreath traces back to Greek mythology. There you go. That's what Al had on his head, a laurel wreath. I heard of that. I don't know why I didn't think of that. He's holding these golden... Separate toed shoes that look insanely uncomfortable. Are thine worthy to gaze upon yon shoe? Brush your teeth. <laughs> nobody cares about your stupid shoes, and nobody for a minute believes. Let me that you... gaze upon the shoes. <laughs> Surely you cannot be serious. Marcy, don't you understand? Don't you see the glory and the majesty of what I just saw? The perfect marketing hook. And I'm in on the ground floor. I can see the billboards now. Al knows God, and God knows shoes. It's a sales bonanza, Marcy. How much money do we have? I'm starting to see why Jeff, why Jefferson got caught. <laughs> he's not that good a criminal. No, it's kind of obvious. Seems like he, he, he has some really dumb schemes. Now, what he's seeing is unfortunately, and I'm not downing religious people, but there are religious people that are pretty naive and they're easy to swindle 
because they're always looking for validation and even more confirmation. So hmm. when when there's some kind of evidence of Christ or something like, oh, my toast was burnt and Christ was there or whatever, you know, I made eggs and Christ was in them, or, you know, like all these weird things or like I, I sweated Christ. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. That's a married children reference when he sweated Elvis. <laughs> but uh, like, you know, things like that. They're sort of easy to take monetary advantage of, too. Say, and I'm talking about like, you know, I'm not talking about normal religious people who just go to church or whatever. I'm talking about like fanatics, you know, like there's there's an extreme to everything. And uh, those people are pretty easy to swindle. So if some guy says he saw God, people are like, oh, God, finally somebody saw him. So what do he say? Oh, do we have to do this? Okay. So is this our ticket to heaven? You know, things like that. It's it's really not that difficult to do. And I'm sure it's ha- – look, look at those like weird uh, even evangelical televangelists or whatever. Like when they do those weird things where they knock people over and stuff. You ever <laughs> see that where they like <laughs> – they swing a towel, yeah, and they, like a yeah, they just swing a towel and they knock people over. It's like a high school gym room, <laughs> right? And it's really weird, but everyone buys into it. If you look, there's like three thousand people in this stadium or audience or whatever, you know. Sometimes it's a cult sort of thing, like. Oh, do you ever see the one where the guy was slapping the woman's face? It's it's like this weird religious video. The guy was slapping the sins out of the woman, and her face was purple. No, I believe that. When he was done. And everybody said, this is... And and the husband just sat next to her and watched him, watched this priest, whatever these guys are, pummel her face with the hardest slaps you've ever seen. And this went on for like two minutes straight. Holy crap. Dude, it was... It was... Undescribable. Did you see the one where there was a dude that thought that I don't know what his point was of this, but it was one of those fanatical, evangelical, um, doing cartwheel sort of thing. And like the dude was letting snakes bite him. And I think like a rattlesnake <laughs> bit him. And then he, like, <laughs> he was like, he was just like letting these, he was just picking up these snakes and letting them bite him. And he like died. Yeah? Oh, dude, it's on. I think it's on YouTube. It's like, this is like, there couldn't be a bigger idiot than this guy, like, for doing this. Um, I mean, the whole idea being that God, you know, I put my faith in God, God won't let these creatures hurt me, kind right. of thing. And yeah. the thing is, they get bitten all the time. Like, all the time. <laughs> like, that don't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Back to feet, though. Let's really get about religion for a second, because that could get too heavy. Isn't it weird that our big toe is not an equivalent to our thumb? Like the whole thing about our thumb is that it's opposable. And like you, you know, like this, this shoe that you talked about that they made recently, the five something, five fingers. Vibram, I think is the company that made. Yeah. Vibram, five fingers. Five, cause they always say you only have four fingers and then you have a thumb. So isn't it weird that toes it's all the same, but even though one big one looks like a thumb. Yeah, but you can't. <laughs> I get, I get, but you can't. We can't do things with our feet like you can with. Well, if you're a monkey, you can because monkey big toes stick out to the side like thumbs. 
I know people who can do things with their feet, though, like who can write their name and stuff with their to- with their feet. I know a girl who could smoke a cigarette with her foot. Oh, gross! On double, on two different levels. Wouldn't it? Don't you think it'd be beneficial if we could do more things with our feet? Although I don't know, I don't like Although the shoes- idea of doing things with feet. Shoes would look really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Shoes, shoes kill that possibility, and they would look weird with like this thing sticking out of the side of them. Yeah, imagine a pair of Nikes with like a, just a thing sticking <laughs> outside for like a long. For your thumb foot, your thumb, your thumb, thumb toe. Yeah. <laughs> My thumb toe. <laughs> yeah, imagine hitchhiking with it. Although, you know, have you ever seen stories about people who lose their thumbs and they replace it with their big toe? No. That's a common thing. If people lose their thumb in an accident, like I've seen where a guy got his thumb um, cut off by a lawnmower. uh, Oh. You know, in like shop accidents. He's like reaching in there for that roller skate. They'll be. (laughs) 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 They They will cut off your big toe and attach it to where your thumb would be. Yeah, so you have a toe thumb. And then I've always wondered, does it smell funny? How much money do we have? Well, I have several thousand dollars. You have changed for coffee. <laughs> for the price of a cup of coffee, you can change one of these kids' lives. <laughs> yeah, right. I tried that coffee bit for people to join the Patreon here. I'm like, yeah, for two cups of coffee, you could get all the exclusive content of Mario Children Podcast and support the show it'll be great join our patreon and i'd have like a thousand people 20 did it so yeah (laughs) the whole coffee thing doesn't work so well anymore (laughs) but we do appreciate those 20 people come on everyone else five bucks gets you tons of exclusive content and you can support your podcast i think that was (laughs) pre-starbucks if you guys have never seen it and everyone watching uh, listening or whatever. Some people might watch us YouTube. Uh, the, everyone should check out the Folgers commercial that never made the air with Paul Stanley on it. It is the funniest, it. dumbest thing you'll ever see. He sings the song, Paul Stanley, and it's like during like Kiss's whole circus era thing. And, oh, it's weird. Wow. So many things that we're going to have to post to the to the Facebook group page. When this episode comes out. Yeah, I mean, we are... (laughs) Speaking of the Facebook group page, someone had posted on the other day, and I guess you could probably bring this up in any episode, but someone was asking, like, how do you think they go about hiring the quote-unquote fat girls and all that stuff for, or fat women, for the show? And I just want to put my two cents in on it. I think it had to... I don't think someone seen someone and said... You'd be great for this role. Like, here it is. I think it had to have been a casting call. Of uh, course, yeah. They That they knew what they were in for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they'd put that out, and they'd, they'd put it in a breakdown, and then the, you know, people's agents who, you know, yeah. I mean, just like anything else, it's not like they're trolling the streets, walking up to women going, hey, you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you come be in this? You'd be perfect. <laughs> I shall go forth unto the people to reveal God's shoes and multiply upon them. <laughs> Let me come with you, Al, and learn how much we're going to charge per pair. I will hear nothing of price. That's your job. You're the marketing guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
So now we have Bud on the phone again as Grandmaster B. Just like the glasses episode, he is just doing his Grandmaster B thing on the phone, in which I said that was an inadequate because essentially they're just talking to Bud Bundy. They're not really like with Grandmaster B. He's just on the phone. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can't. <laughs> He's not wearing the hat backwards. He's not wearing the glasses. He's not wearing the Raiders starter. So it's like, it's not the same. He's acting cooler or whatever you want to say. Sure. But I think to really pull off Grandmaster B, we need the entire package. Yep. Am I wrong? Right? I mean, no, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a, a, a visual and physical experience, Grandmaster B. Well, and we're the ones losing out on that. Yeah. They don't know what they're missing on the phone, but we, as the audience, aren't getting to see Grandmaster B in full effect. Yeah, he had the hat and the button-up shirt, but it wasn't the full-on Grandmaster that we know. No. Yeah, babe, this is Grandmaster B. (laughs) I was wondering if you'd like to join me in the backseat of a moving vehicle for a ride so wild you gots to be 21. Uh, yes, that was my father walking the freeway in his robe. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Boy. Now, they talk about an illiterate society. Well, it seems to me that everyone reads the newspaper. While I don't, and I still believe in Dad. Well, not quite as much as I did with his failure to walk across Lake Michigan to spread the shoe to Canada, but he is going into production on these shoes. 5,000 pairs. Wonder where I got the money. Did I leave my new Rolex over here? <laughs> God, I am just so scatterbrained lately. I mean, first I misplaced my watch, and then I can't seem to remember this $25,000 check made out to cash that I seem to have written in someone else's handwriting. <laughs> By the way, has anyone seen my soon to be late husband? Gosh, $25,000. Even if we're not doing the calculator. Let's just say it's like at least $45,000. Today. At least today, right. So imagine somebody withdraws forty five. dollars I wish they could withdraw $45,000 on my bank account. <laughs> they would be overdrawing it by like... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like, wow. Well... Who wants to touch the prototypes? We got thousands of these babies rolling off the assembly line now. Uh, Jefferson, before I tell the baby why its father is buried in four or five separate graves, can you tell me where every cent I have is? Advertising, baby. We contacted all the big talk shows, too, about having Al on. He should be on any minute. None of this... In this episode, is she, like, scolding him like you would think? Like, yeah, she says the thing, like, they're going to find different body parts and, you know, you, our unborn child's going to someday be buried. Like, you'll be buried and you'll have different body parts in the yard and all that, stuff, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But it's like that was the extent of it. You know what I'm saying? Other than that, she's just kind of going along with it. <clears throat> right. Oh, God. Oh, by the way, Marcy's pregnant in this episode. Yeah, very much. Yeah, we've gone through two now where we're – Katie Seagull had her unfortunate incident, and yet they they kept Marcy pregnant now, two episodes in. He's, he tells her that all her money went to advertising, and she seemed okay with it. Mm-hmm. 
did she seem overly upset to you? Does that look like somebody who just had $45,000 stolen from them? No. No, I mean, could you imagine? I'd be curled up in a corner just like if $45,000. I would just be laughing because anyone who tried to write a check to my account for that amount, <laughs> joke's on them. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Jim, you got to pay the $45 overdraw re- Not penalty happening. for every dollar or something. No, my bank would take one look at that. and they, <laughs> <laughs> Just like they'd be on the floor laughing. Yeah, they, they know me. So they, they'd look at that and they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> they go, mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. My bank knows me. Just what big time talk show did you book him on to? Welcome back to Scary Mary's Real Scary Mummy Movie Matinee. Now, before we get back to our feature called What's That in the Bathroom? We have a special treat for you kids. Our special guest is Al Bundy, shoe salesman. I've seen the show. It's excellent. This is what you booked him on? Well, every time I called Oprah, it seemed to be lunchtime. Zing! <laughs> I thought that was good. <laughs> if any uh, woman or a guy or whatever, if you want to know how to lose weight, it's very simple. Ask Alex. He's good at it. I lost 34 pounds in three months one time. The way to do it is just not like groundbreaking. Well, it might be because a lot of people probably don't even like realize it's just a numbers game. Mm-hmm. You have to eat... 1400 calories a day if you eat 14 to 1600 calories a day you will lose roughly two pounds a week every week and you will eventually get down to your uh like that chart that they show like what you should be if you're this height and a girl or a guy and all that stuff what weight you should be you'll get there if you eat 1400 now you have to count calories it could be easy, it could be hard, depending on what you eat, but I'm telling you now, the thing that you should mostly eat in your life is chicken breast. Just keep buying chicken breast, because you could have a full lunch on chicken breast and some vegetables, and it's only going to be 300 calories. You could have a full dinner on chicken breast and rice, even, or beans, whatever, mm-hmm. and it'll be 500 calories, so there's 800 right there. And for breakfast, you have a banana or something and a coffee. And that's about 200. So right there, that's under 1,400. And you just don't snack, don't eat chips. And if you have a few drinks, try to keep them as uh, hard liquor, not beer. And if you do this and you just keep adding up to 1,400, 1,500 calories, you will lose weight like you can't believe it. Absolutely. And and if you're doing any kind of exercise on top of it you're really gonna oh lose it god yeah i mean that's honestly we eat the crap out of chicken breasts in mm. our house and you can do so the thing is you can do so much with them so it's many flavors so it's a, many a million flavors things. yeah and and you never have to eat the same thing twice in a week if you don't want to let it if you vary it enough we're on our way baby we're on our way 
kids, Al here says that he was scared out of his bedroom window by a picture of his wife. (laughs) Al says he saw God after he hit the pavement. (laughs) Then what happened, Al? Well, Scary Mary, I saw God's shoes. (laughs) Tell us all about it, Al Well, Mary, believe it or not People mock me for me having seen God's shoes They throw things, shoot pellets at me, sick dogs at me And don't think I don't know some of you kids out there are the ones responsible for it I'll get you, I swear (laughs) But I just persevere with my message Uh Uh-huh Well, there you have it, boys and girls Al Bundy You might want to check under your beds for him tonight. (laughs) And now, back to our movie. Wait a second. I was told I could sell my shoes on this show. Your producers promised me. Look, buddy, what do you want from me? I'm just a hand in a crummy sock. Well, you'll be a sock for the bloody knuckles if I don't get the pill of my shoes here. I'm on a holy mission. Hey, stagehands, stagehands. God's shoes. They're real comfortable. See, the socks are already built in. Kids, if you're by the floor. I'm by myself. See? 911. Can we get that on the street, please? Oh, next stop, Ted Koppel. I bet Koppel gives him the whole half hour. Well, maybe 15 minutes. The rest will be taken up by the headless man found in Lake story. When did that happen? Soon, honey. And Jefferson was happy with it. How how weird was it to watch Jefferson's reaction? He's like, yeah, baby, sell those shoes or whatever. Like, he was cool with that guest spot on Scary Mary. <laughs> yeah, he thought it was good. Now, we have to get into her. That is June Foray. June Foray would have died at 100 years old. But she was born September 18th, 1917, and died July 26th, 1917. So she was only 99. Yep. That's a shame. I hate that. You mean 2017? What did I say? Yeah. Oh, my God. What did I just say? 1917? Again? Yeah. Twice? Oh, my God. She died before she was born? Yeah. <laughs> did I really just say that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Let's do this again. September 18th, 1917, she was born, and died July 26, 2017. Yeah. Like, People are like, she died before she was born, so she never did anything? <laughs> Why are we even talking about her? <laughs> <laughs> So okay. I hate that though. It it breaks my heart. It's like when George Burns died, and I think he was like ninety five when he died. And I was like, just a little bit longer. If he oh, and the other day I was saying that about Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee had such an amazing life, mm-hmm. and he was just a few years short of dying at one hundred. And I'm like, oh man, uh. like everything else in his life was so amazing and so ultra cool. Like he just, I I like round numbers. So like I just. I, Die at a round number. What are those people called? Uh, oh, like an obsessive compulsive? Yeah. I'm an obsessive compulsive with ages when I die. Like, <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Michael Jackson died at 50. I was like, wow, perfect. That's so cool. <laughs> I also 
think it's awesome when people die on their birthday. Like, <laughs> just because because you've completely, even if it, even in that case, if it's an uneven year, at least you have completed an entire year. <laughs> right. Yep. I don't like things to be incomplete. <laughs> well, June Foray is known for Mulan, nineteen ninety eight. Ah, Mulan, the movie that spawned the. Szechuan sauce at McDonald's, which Rick and Morty, the uh, cartoon, inevitably brought back to McDonald's. So, oh wow, nice! I like freaking Rick and Morty. It's a good show. She was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit as Wheezy and Lena Haina. Haina. She has she has done a ton of voice work. A ton of voice work. Her big thing is Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yes, that's her big thing. She was in Duck Dodgers. Dude, we could go through this whole thing forever. 325 acting credits. Yeah, we better. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know her voice. If you if you hear her voice, you know it. You know it. She's she did, she's amazing. She did a lot for never being born. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? You don't have to be born and you can accomplish more than someone like me, who just did the Marriage Children podcast and the Skeleton Crew. Yep. And the Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, yeah, don't forget Garage Pail Kids uh, and, Radio. And Crystal Lake After Dark. You've yep. done a lot. You were on the old Nana Laser for a while. <laughs> Banana Laser I did. I did the uh, uh, Hard to Kill podcast, which is about action movies. Listen, I have been around the world. And I, 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 I can't find my baby. I, 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 I <laughs> like it. So after Marcy sees Scary Mary, she's not okay with the idea that all her money was stolen because now she sees it was completely wasted. So Jefferson booked Al on a bunch of stuff. Now he's on people to laugh at. Like, (laughs) why on earth? Like, is, you know, Jefferson's not a total dimwit. So why would he see people to laugh at and think this would be a great idea well because he tried contacting oprah but she was always at lunch and i guess ted (laughs) koppel won't give him the half hour (laughs) (laughs) welcome to people to laugh at i'm dr jonathan blue today's panel is made up of people who have had head injuries and claim to have seen god The host of that show has the worst haircut I've ever seen. It's like he was growing a mullet. Oh, the guy on People Laugh At. Yeah, oh my god. It is rough. That guy is Tim Kazerninsky. Oh, oh, him. (laughs) Yeah, you know him. Oh, Tim Tim Kazerninsky. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he take a knee? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. No. Uh, he's a staff writer and story editor on Married with Children. Oh. So he basically just filled in a spot. Uh, I guess they didn't want to get like a real actor or anything like that. They were just like, eh, well, listen, you're already here. So he did that. But we did get introduced to Lola. But yeah, wow. So um, the show is about people who hit their head. And claim to see God. Well, I guess it's better than seeing aliens mm-hmm. who steal your socks for fuel. Mm-hmm. Which is the last time Al hit his head. Always has something to do with socks. Did he hit his head during that one? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, didn't he do something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he did. 
Unless I'm totally just losing it. <laughs> Did you hit your head? <laughs> Maybe I hit my head, and this has nothing to do with that. I think I'm just throwing that in there. Let's start with Bob here. Well, I was eating in this restaurant, and this waitress hits me in the head with a tray, and I saw God in my hot and sour soup. He told me, don't order the meatloaf. Good, Bob. Lola? I fell off this table I was dancing on, and there he was. I gave him change for a five. Now, this chick is hot. We already got into her. We told you where she's from. She has amazing legs. I just want to throw that out there. Like, Oh, she's hot. And I love every time she dances, she she immediately goes to pull her top off. Oh, my God. Yep. That always got the big applause, man. Every time she went for those those shoulder straps, I mean, people were just thrilled. They always thought they were going to come down, but we're on Fox, guys. <laughs> And now, not just a man who saw God, but a man who's actually gone into business with him, Al Bundy. Ladies and gentlemen, I will demonstrate the power of the shoes. I shall release them, and so you may see them hover and fly about me. That's great, Al. Al says the shoes will hover when he lets go of them. Why? You, you would think that... You've done this before, right? Why would you risk that I'm going to say that these are God's shoes, so when I let go of them, they're going to hover in midair when that has never happened once? I don't know. It's interesting. I guess he in faith. Al is a faithful man. I mean, uh, in the one episode, the last one, one of the last ones I reviewed with you guys, where he um, is praying for the song, uh, Anna, go to him. Okay. Go with oh yeah that's right he was on the ground and then it comes on the jukebox and then he prays again to for a lightning bolt to hit Peggy so Al is a man of faith it sounds like yeah but is this the time to risk that and on national television when everyone's seeing you and you're trying to hawk these things I guess he was that confident that he seen God it, it kind of mirrors the people that really do this oh, sort that's of thing true. yeah like the guy getting bit by snakes and stuff. <laughs> Like you, like you said, the guy the guy that was just beating the crap out of that one chick. <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, this is normal. Yeah, that must be like a redneck thing or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to let this guy pummel my face because I believe that I'll go somewhere when I die. My husband done beat me up once and it didn't get the devil out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy is a man of God. He'll do it. Yeah, he'll definitely do it. Um... Uh, so while they're watching it, one of the best things, actually, it kind of makes a lot of sense. And it's a point from Kelly um, after she says, uh, if I may be so old as to interject. Um, <laughs> Kelly, yeah, <laughs> Kelly makes a good point when she actually compares God's shoes to other dumb things that have succeeded, like the pet rock. And things of that nature. And, in the, and I mean, think about it now, too. In this amount of time, there's been so many other dumb things that have succeeded. Like, honestly, the Snuggie was just a robe. I was going to say that. Oh, there. See? Wow. Like, yeah, the Snuggie's just a robe that someone turned frontwards. Like, <laughs> the end. Uh, like, so, yeah. And a world full of things like that, maybe it would succeed. And then there's moon shoes and things of that nature, too. So you never know. Hmm. Let's get to some callers, shall we? Our first caller is Jerry, a trucker from Iowa. 
What would you like to ask of those who've been touched? I'd like to see the girly dance. <laughs> we'll just go to our next caller. Derek from Peoria. Derek, do you have a question about an out-of-body experience? Yeah, I got this 85 Bonneville, and the side moldings just won't stay on with uh, Derek, that's out-of-body experience, not auto-body experience. <laughs> oh. Well, can I see the girly dance? <laughs> Uh, Doc, I think we've got another caller. Uh, okay, okay. Go ahead, caller. Yeah, this is for the insane guy with the shoes. Yes? My name is Bub... Uh, Bub. Yeah, Bub. <laughs> Did you ever once think what your insanity is doing to your family? Especially your son. Put on your pants, for heaven's sake. Go to work, you bum. What? What, is that you? I'm warning you, Dad. I will not live like this. Don't you understand it's hard enough to get a date without These you? These people are morons. Let's go to the next caller. No more calls? Okay, baby. Dance. <laughs> and this is when something dawns on me. I want to run by you guys. This episode seems like it had to be two, a two-parter to really flesh out this whole idea. And at the same time, it seemed like they didn't have enough to fill one part. Well, I mean, I could be completely wrong on this. We know the whole thing that happened to Katie Seagal while they were in production. So maybe there was just elements that had to be taken out and shows had to be kind of reworked and stretched or shrunk or things of that nature. Um, Yeah, maybe there was more to this show. Maybe this was an episode that actually existed before her right you know incident and then they had to rework it without her so it ended up losing a bunch so because you can feel that there's you know and i still love the episode don't get me wrong but you can feel there's some filler here and there and also there's a big absence without there's also an absence right yeah yeah so it seems like it, it should have been two parts but it didn't even really fill one yeah. In a weird way. Like, it seemed like, yeah, some filler. I don't know what to make of this, but all I know is that seeing Lola dance more than once and then the the dude giving her a dollar yep. while she's dancing was amazing. And Al just keeps dropping the shoes while she's even dancing to wrap this whole thing up. It's like he's lost his mind at this point. At this point, right. It's like, it's just so desperate, right? Yeah, and are we to believe that it was all just from the head thing, or was he... Kind of on the level anyway. I don't know what's happening anymore. (laughs) All in all, not bad. (laughs) Come on, babe. I still think this God angle's gonna bring in the suckers. Oh, please. The only thing biblical about this is the proportion of its failure. (laughs) If I might be so old as to interject here. Now, I will grant you that God's shoes is somewhat, well, silly. But not any sillier than the pet rock, the mood ring, or, of course, NBC's Sunday night lineup. (laughs) And in 1991, the NBC Sunday night lineup from 7 p.m. and on was the adventures of Mark and Brian, Erie, Indiana, Man of the People, 
Pacific Station, Hot Country Nights, Man Machine, and then this the NBC Sunday Night Movie was nine o'clock. So it is terrible, but it's almost like so bad that why even mention it? No one's watching, and everyone's watching *Mary of the Children*. Yep. Boom. Now the point here is, why don't we just give Dad a chance? It might just work. Why didn't it work? It seems a stupid idea, Daddy. So this whole thing didn't work out. There is a ton of box shoe boxes loaded in Al's bedroom, just stacked up there, almost like the Elvis blue suede shoes from when that didn't work out. Al tried to bank off him sweating Elvis thing, and he tried to sell all these weirdos who were into Elvis blue suede shoes, and uh, everybody left Peg because someone else saw Elvis, so they had to bring those shoes somewhere else. So that was reminiscent of that. I mean, if you think about it, God probably doesn't even need shoes. He can afford good carpeting. <laughs> and if he ever needed anything, like a big gulp or batteries or something, I'm sure the 7-Elevens up in heaven don't have those signs that say, no shirt, no shoes, no service. <laughs> and even if they did, who's going to yank a Slim Jim out of God's mouth? <laughs> or is all this just kind of going over your head? <laughs> no, honey, no, it's not. It's just... Dancing around in there with some of your other ponderings. You know. <laughs> you know, like, what would a chair look like if our knees were in the back of our legs? <laughs> I made a teacher retire with that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, our knees bend at the seat of the chair, so if they bent the other way, I think we'd still have to have our asses down on the chair. Just, to, you know, for gravity, we'd sit down. Maybe there would be, like, another part of the chair that is, like, a 45-degree angle upwards at the end of the chair that rests our shins. And our calves would sit on them. I'm not sure, man. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not pondering this, Kelly. She made a teacher retire with that one, so I'm not even going to attempt it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, then at least there's something. What, Daddy? They're repossessing Marcy's car. I didn't know they had a hood ornament. Uh, no, that's just what's left of Jefferson. <laughs> well, at least he's out of his pain now. So, uh, Marcy's car was repossessed. Now, this is the second time that that family, you know, well, Marcy and a husband, has suffered for one of Al's shoe schemes. We all know that she dropped, or Steve dropped $50,000 on Al's 555 Shoe commercials. Yep. So this is now the second time this family has suffer- has endured monetary suffering from one of Al's shoe schemes. Jefferson dropping 25000 which I suppose is an improvement because they only put half the amount of money, plus a nice watch. Uh, so however much that was. You know, I sense you're getting down on yourself, Daddy, and that's wrong. I mean, look on the bright side. Most men with your string of failures would have long since have tasted the cold, cruel blade of his own Ginsu by now. <laughs> but not you, Daddy. You keep trying. And that's what makes you Daddy, Daddy. And as long as you don't tell any of my friends, I love you. <laughs> well, thank you, Pumpkin. That makes old Dad feel a lot better. <laughs> Aw, <atta> Daddy. <laughs> She slaps his back to pat him on the back, and he falls out of the window, 
He flaps his arms on the way down, which is a positive note. <laughs> he, he lands on the patio. Now we're getting into the real, like, okay, Mario Children's really going with the dummies now. A, a dummy drops out of the window. It's Al's dummy. When Al falls out the window for the second time, it's clearly a dummy again, and it lands with its face looking into the camera. I never noticed that. Hmm. I think Aaron did. Well, I might have. <laughs> he, he rewinded it. Now, wait, but there's something else that's weird, Jamie. What about when... She mentions his failed attempt to walk across Lake Michigan to Canada to sell shoes. However, Lake Michigan is located entirely within the U.S., so even if Al could walk on water, it wouldn't be possible to get to Canada that way. Ah. Yeah, but he, she could have just meant he's walking across Lake Michigan on the way to Canada, not that it would lead directly to Canada. True. I think the whole thing was walking on water was supposed to be like the idea of it. Yeah, and Lake and Lake Michigan is basically like an ocean. It is huge. I mean, it it has ta- a tide. You know. Right. Yeah, and plus you're not supposed to be doing a podcast on this 30 years later. But and here we are. There's that too. Uh so Al is in heaven and he's seeing God again. Nope. Not really. You again. <laughs> You're God? No. I'm Sidney Rimhollow. I was a shoe salesman outside of Tulsa. Oh. I got the idea for these shoes back in 1925. Didn't sell a one. But luckily, I had a loving wife and two children who hired a hitman to kill me. <laughs> well, why didn't you tell me the shoes were no good? Well, you thought I was God, so I went along with it. Well, you're not going to get away with it, because I'm telling God. Where is he? No, 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 no. He can't be disturbed. He's watching Knott's Landing. (laughs) I always wondered why that show was never canceled. (laughs) Well, where's my cloud, my harp, my virgin? Sorry, Al. You're not dead yet. And at this point, this is one of those things, because I just experienced it recently with Luke Perry on 90210 in Riverdale. Mm -hmm. There's two episodes where Luke Perry essentially dies. And that's hard to watch now. Now that Al's 73 years old, Ed O'Neill's 73, you know, the inevitable will happen in the next 10 to 15 years, obviously. So No, it won't. No, you think he'll be like that chick... Gene Foray or whatever and live to a 99 or 100? No, I, I just don't want to face it. <laughs> I know. What Dude. <laughs> Al dying is going to be one of the worst days of my life. Oh, don't even... Yeah, I have a few people I feel that way about. It's going to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Hulk Hogan, Al Bundy, Alice Cooper. There's going to be like a few people and, and Luke Perry was one of them, believe it or not. It just happened way too soon so it didn't seem like i'd even add him to this list but like all these guys in their 70s and stuff that i absolutely love mm-hmm. i dread that day of the next 10 years or so i i there's there's definitely something like that for me as well absolutely yeah it's it's gonna be tough this will be one of those weird episodes that you 
it's like a weird thing because you're gonna want to watch the episode where Al went to heaven, you know. <laughs> you know, and this probably will be the one that a lot of people watch when that horrible day happens, and it'll be like really weird when the guy says, uh, "Sorry, Al, you're not dead yet," and then well, a lot of people are gonna shed a tear at that moment. Yeah, it, it just dawned on me because this has happened to me a lot lately. With people I really like, like Adam West. I, I grew up watching those Batman shows. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Steve Dash, the guy who played Jason, the first Jason from Friday 13th. That's my favorite one. And he just died last year in December. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, yeah, I've been I've been experiencing this a lot. So, like, it dawned on me that this will happen one day. And, and this will be the episode that I probably like, oh, my God, you know. Sorry, Al. You're not dead yet. But this time, we're not sending you back empty-handed. Listen, I got this idea. So you see, kids, there's really no reason to worry about me anymore. I have divine guidance now. Sid and I put our heads together and came up with a new idea. Shoehorn of plenty. (laughs) Shoehorn of plenty, I feel like Al said. Mm -hmm. Is, Is that what you guys heard? Shoehorn... Of plenty? I think so, yes. Okay, because in later episodes, during a Christmas episode, Griff names himself Shoehorn O'Plenty. <laughs> and that's his name when he's calling a sex hotline. <laughs> so that was cool to like have a little reminiscent thing of that. See, kids, it's kind of a combination shoe store and burger joint. <laughs> While you eat, you try on shoes. Oh, by the way, did I say that the burgers coming down the chute would be shaped like a shoehorn? <laughs> No, Dad. You didn't. Oh, well, I can't take credit for that idea. That was John Wayne. But you know what our body's going to be? If you're not shod, the meal's on God. I guess that'll put the rest of those rumors of my insanity. <laughs> and it's a place where you uh, try on shoes while you eat hamburgers. Now, why... Would I want to be eating a hamburger when I'm trying shoes on? I don't know. Hmm. And yeah, John so. Wayne suggested that the burgers be shaped like shoehorns, which is just dumb. <laughs> I mean, because I guess you could eat them in a hot dog bun. Right. But that's just silly. That's, I'm still... Wa- yeah, it's yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I think of the shoehorn or the shoe burger thing together, like store it just doesn't it really didn't make a, a whole but that's the point of it it's supposed to be a stupid idea well success <laughs> yep absolute success it reminds me of um thing have you have you guys ever seen a night at the roxbury yes yes lots all right because what it reminded me of was in that movie will ferrell and chris Catan, their dad owns a fake plant store and Will Ferrell starts dating Molly Shannon, and her dad owns the store beside their fake plant store, and it's a lamp store. And <laughs> funnily enough, I, the the dad in the movie, um, I can't even think of his name. He was in Commando, though. Uh, but the dad in the movie is like, as soon as these two get married, we're going to knock down the wall and have the world's first ever plant lamp shop. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> dumbest idea I've ever heard. Like, like as if it's like such a such a great epic thing that like people are saying like yeah i've been wanting one of those for years like but, yeah let's combine that yeah yeah it's like the so when he said burger like burger joint shoe store that's kind of the first <laughs> thing that popped in my head 
It is terrible. Like, I couldn't even imagine going into any shoe store and trying shoes on while trying to consume a hamburger. Like, that would be my least sought-after thing to do in life. How many times are we having Lola dance out of five for this episode, Aaron? I'm going to go ahead and say we're going to have Lola dance four out of five times. Mm. Yep, I really enjoyed this episode. I really liked it. But once again, um, I didn't quite love it, but I liked it enough to where I would watch it again. However, it was missing a little something, and obviously that's Peggy, and those those are unforeseen circumstances. So it did feel like there was some filler there. And, yeah, that's pretty much, I think, where I'm at with it. So Okay, solid four to five. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of dances, and I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. I mean, add it all together. We'll see what the total number of dances we get in the end is. So, Jamie, out of out of five, how many times are you going to ask Lola to dance for this episode? I will also ask her to dance four times. I thought this was a very solid episode. It was very funny. I enjoyed it. It, it is one that I would happily watch again. But, uh, yeah, there are some things missing. And, and it just it's it's bizarre as we continue to gloss over the fact that Peggy isn't there. And it just it, it seems weird. Hmm. And this episode was probably the biggest gloss over of all of them. I guess it's better than her going shopping for the entire episode, which was, you know, days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're obviously going to be running out of options of things that she can be doing while she's absent each episode. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mardi Gras, I guess, I guess that's like trying to think of something. So I give this 3.5 out of 5 dances of Lola. I wish I could have you dance more, but with these guys' ratings, I think we're good to go. <laughs> if you add them all up. I don't know. This is a weird episode. There's nothing I, I didn't like. It was just this weird feeling I had where, like I said earlier, it feels like it should have been a two-parter. It seems like more time should have been spent to flesh this entire idea out. But at the same time, while I'm watching it, I feel like it wasn't like they had an abundant amount of hard-hitting jokes that just killed every 90 seconds. Yeah. You know? Like, especially during, like you said, people laugh at. You know, you could have... I don't know, even Bud's interjection wasn't that great like i it almost would have been perfect if people if bud had been on people to laugh at as grandmaster b <laughs> like that about like a good angle or something so just spitball he could have been the other guy besides lola yeah i wasn't really laughing at her too hard so um alex i know you like even numbers what do we got to do to get you to a four do i got to remind you of lola <laughs> yeah it does help um i don't know I kind of really want to stay here. This is like one of my weird, passionate ratings. I almost want to... I want to penalize it for not... It's such a cool premise that I feel like it's this weird seesawing of what they needed to what happened. You know, I don't know how to explain it, but I... I, I honestly want to stick to 3.5 at a principle in a weird way. Not like I hate it. I really don't hate this. No, no, no. 3.5 is still good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So tune in next week as we review Kelly Does Hollywood Part 1. Kelly has her five minutes in the spotlight when her public access show takes off in the ratings. 
Aaron, I want to thank you again, man. It's been a great time with you. You really helped us out this week. And it's always great having you on. It's always fun. You always have so much. You always have a different perspective. And it's always a, a great time. Thank you again for joining us, dude. Dude, I had an absolute blast. Any, anytime. Anytime, man. Yeah, thank you. That was especially on the short notice. Oh, no, it was It was no problem. I hope I could help in some way. I, I tried to get as, as much info as I could real quick and go back and watch the episode. So... Hopefully, all you people out there listening to it enjoy it as well. So, guys, tune in for the big two-parter. First part, Kelly does Hollywood. Uh, there's only uh, two two-parters in this entire season. One of them is actually a three-parter. So, this is the first. Tune in, and we will see you then. <laughs>